On May 4, 2012, Adam Yalk, one of the founding members of the Beastie Boys, died in New York City of cancer at the age of 47. Better known by the stage name of MCA, Adam's short, adventurous life embodied a spectacular fireworks show filled with sparkles of a punk hellraiser, eternal tinkerer, cool filmmaker, outspoken feminist, activist, and most importantly, a prolific MC. So we are back for Rockabies, and I got the dynamic duo here. Here they are, the dynamic two. Hi. I'm just tagging along. <laughs> Cristiano and Megan are here again. Um, I'm glad you guys came over. This one might air, and I hope it is airs, uh, around the date of his death. Adam Yauk died on May 4th, okay. 2012. May the 4th be with you. May the 4th be with you. Oh. And I'm not even a Star Wars fan. It's just the first thing that came to my brain. Damn. I know. That's kind of deep. Look at you. I don't know how deep that is. That's just... I May the 4th be with you. I think it's just ingrained into me. I'm sure he loved Star Wars. I'm sure. Being him. Um, so I, this show, if people don't know, is on Adam Yauk um, from the Beastie Boys. And I've wanted to do this for a while, so I'm grateful that you guys are here because, you know, I wouldn't do it with anybody else. Well, I'm glad you had us because, funny enough, I, I never was really big into the Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. wasn't really raised on them either, but like I was telling you earlier, and you, yeah, I respect their craft, and just because I wasn't a huge fan of mm-hmm. theirs or were introduced to them at a young age doesn't mean I don't respect what they've done for the industry and their genre. Well, yeah. Right. Well, we had talked about Mac doing Mac Miller, mm-hmm. and there was another uh, rapper. And I thought before we do a Mac Miller, well, even like a Chester Bennington and Lincoln Park. Chester Bennington, who was heavily influenced by the Beastie Boys. Before you start even doing those guys, you got to go to a rap pioneer like Adam Yauk in the Beastie Boys. You can't do a Mac Miller and then an Adam Yauk because those guys. Wouldn't be here without without mm-hmm. Adam Yauk and the Beastie Boys. Um, so that's what gave me the impetus. I had wanted to do one on him last year. Michelle and I were going to because she's a huge Beastie Boys fan. And um, and I thought, yeah, it would be great to do one on Adam Yauk. I think people would want to know about him. And when you guys start talking about Mac Miller, and we're going to do a Mac Miller one, but it would be nice to do an Adam Yauk first. Of course, you got to start at the uh, the beginning. The beginning, mm-hmm. yeah, with a rap pioneer, the four, the four. What do you call it? Forefather. The forefathers of, uh, of hip hop. Yeah. Of rap. Yes, yes, which we all love, hip hop. Um, so, did you know any songs by yeah. the Beastie Boys? What did you know? I know we played a few songs tonight. Check it out. Yeah, check it out. I mean, the first one that comes to my uh, wow, you guys are really good. Look, is that's girls. In girls. Girls is a good one. Um, but I mean, like I said, it was... Did you like Paul Revere? I don't know what that is. Oh, it was playing actually as you came in. Was it? Yeah, it... Never mind. But yes, <laughs> you know it, but you don't, you don't, you didn't pay attention. Fight for your right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, let's see, Enter the Galactic. Yep. Which you know about. Mm-hmm. So there are a few. They're singles. They're big ones. Yep. We've yes. absolutely heard. Absolutely. Yes. But as far as their deep cuts or anything like that, I'm not. Well, deep cut was shake your head. I mean, like I'm like, hmm, that's not even sabotage. Oh yeah, sabotage. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I think they were. 
I mean, they were, we knew who they were. It just, mm -hmm. it was never, I think it, we just missed that generation as mm -hmm. far as the, like being like that, that was our. Well, you were into a tribe called Quest. I did like a tribe called Quest. Mm -hmm. And I have some few sayings in here. Um, you know, they were really good. They were really good pals with Q-Tip and Public Enemy. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see what you think because I'll tell you what uh, your buddy Q-Tip, who I love Q-Tip, said about them. So the first, um, this is actually for your movie in honor of Adam because he loved movies. He was a movie buff and a filmmaker. And in honor of him, one of my favorite lines came from this movie, and we'll see if you know it. Shoot. Get busy living or get busy dying. I thought of him for this line because he definitely got busy living. And this is going to be bad because I know the line, so that means it's from a big movie. And a clearly... You want me to give you, it's a cult classic too. It didn't do well, but then it grew in so much popularity. You want me to give you a hint? Yep. Okay, Morgan Freeman was in it. So that narrows it down to about 130 okay, different okay. movies. Let me narrow it down. Prison. Oh, is that um, Shawshank Redemption? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's Redeem a great myself. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, when he, when, when, uh, Tim Robbins. Is it Tim Robbins? Mm -hmm. Is that his name? I think so. I know the last name is Robbins. Yeah, it's Tim Robbins. When he was, when he found out that he was actually innocent, I mean, he knew he was innocent, and they killed the kid who was going to, you know, exonerate him. Mm -hmm. And he said to, um, he, you know, Red, Morgan Freeman, was like looking at him like he was worried about him because he was like down about it and he had like a, a resilience to him and he said, you know what, Red, you either get living, get busy living or get busy dying. And he was like, I don't really know what he meant by that. And he, that's the day, that's the next morning is when he broke out of jail. Hmm. And I thought about Adam because yes, he's a movie buff, but number two, he really got busy living. He definitely didn't get busy dying. And then I have another saying. And this person, and I thought about Adam on this one too, he said, there's a famous singer, and he said, well, he's a songwriter, famous songwriter actually. A hero is someone who understands the responsibility that comes with freedom. This guy is like one of the biggest songwriters ever. Blowing in the wind. He wrote Blowing in the Wind. He wrote... He wrote, um, he kind of mumbles when he sings, but he's, he kind of mumbles a little bit when he sings, but what? everybody knows who he is. What era is he from? He started in the 60s. He is said Bob the answer. Dylan? Yes. Yeah. The answer he my friend is blowing a in the, <laughs> yeah, so you know, people, but, but he said a saying, a hero is someone who understands the responsibility that comes with freedom. And as we will see, Adam became a, he became pretty much a superhero. He really evolved, and he's a cautionary tale, but he evolved into becoming the best example of a person, as we will see. Adam Nathaniel Yauk was born on Wednesday, August 5th, 1964, to Noel and Francis Yauk. His dad was raised Catholic, was an architect with an artistic bent. His dad is an artist now. He paints. Yeah. His mom was raised Jewish, and she worked for the New York Board of Education. He grew up in a townhouse in an upscale neighborhood in Brooklyn Heights. Uh, he was an only child who traveled the world with his parents, and because of their diverse religions, they raised him without religion. He was very inquisitive, 
and mischievous kid who had a fascination with wrecking havoc. So he was a rascal, and I call him the original Dennis the Menace. You want to know why? Why? Because this might be your kid. <laughs> oh, God. Don't put that on me. <laughs> well, he had intelligence, so you'd have a kid with a lot of intelligence and technical abilities with the intelligence, which makes him dangerous. So he was very mischievous. I think if he hadn't been a founder of the BC Boys, he probably, if he had channeled it in the right way, could have been a Nobel Prize scientist. The mom said he fixed their phone at age five when it broke down. Yes. His childhood friends would tell of him taking apart a flash and a camera and making a little bomb in it, what? out of it. Yes, he made bombs. And that's what the thing I gotta ask you about. He booby-trapped his whole house one time by putting rubber bands on a hose in the kitchen sink so when his mom, Frances, would go to wash the dishes, she'd get blasted in the face. That is so mean. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> let's, let, let's go back to, like, asking me about the bomb-making thing. <laughs> oh, there's another one. Oh, but why, why me? <laughs> Boys have such a fascination oh, yeah. with fire and bombs. They're, they they are such little pyros. It's so true. What My is that about? My brother the same way. It's... It's just, what is it? It's just you kind of, it's not you want to see the world burn. You, oh <laughs> you kind of want to just push the limits and, and whatever it and is. And see what happens. And it's funny that you actually mentioned it. It's like boys are like, te- they're destructive. And it was yeah. funny. It was I was actually listening to another podcast today. Right. When I was doing my Before you long, listen to Rockabye. So yeah, yeah, insanely long drive all the way down to Lancaster mm-hmm. to go to the DMV because it is fucking impossible. Oh, did you make it? Because Megan said you were going. I made it. But I didn't bring the what right document. What time do you... Oh. You didn't bring the right document after no. all that? Oh, I brought everything for the regular ID. But apparently with the new real ID... This is a, you need to get that... You need to get rant, You but. need to get that done right up in here. And just not go all the way down to Lancaster. I, I made this I appointment two months you. ago. Wow. Two months ago. You have to check because every day. Okay. People cancel all the time. <laughs> well, the I DMV, the, I, I, I'm going to go with the fact that DMV doesn't give a shit to update their, their right. appointment calendar. Right. So, long story short, didn't have the right documentation, so I couldn't get the real ID. But Did I, it tell you what to bring? Yeah, they need the, either a social security card, like who the fuck carries that on them, and then or a birth <laughs> certificate. So I have to get that from my parents. Wow. What do you mean you don't keep that on you all the time? No, 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 no. <laughs> Nobody keeps their social no. security I, on them all the time. No, my dad used to. That was really that was a terrible oh, idea. Absolutely. And a gas of ca- a ca- uh, can of gasoline. He stopped doing that when when the house got broken into because he used to carry it in his briefcase. He'd have a social security card. Really? That's kind of odd. I, he just I, I don't know. I, I don't know, but he had it in there, and for whatever reason, yeah, the robber went through his car, took all the stuff out, and then dumped it. So somebody found it. Mm. And then they returned it. And it was oh, that's crazy, nice. Yeah, it was the craziest thing ever. No, nothing was stolen. His ID, his identity wasn't stolen. But they just rifled through his stuff and like, this ain't worth it. I'm just going to give all this shit back. Well, I think they freaked out because I think they, they thought they got ID. But ob- obviously with most robberies, mm-hmm. this is so off topic, but whatever, Christian rant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, I think it was somebody that was close yeah, meanwhile, they're us. trying to run away because so, your mom's throwing a table at them. So yeah, my mom threw a table Good for her. She threw a table? Yeah, she wishes she had her gun. But that's, that's for another day. <laughs> I love it. Well, because they were gun. going towards her children's bedroom. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she was like, no. Oh, hell no. no yeah. No, Adrenaline I mean, kicked in. Table yes, over there. Yes, that's that, what that, moms do. I mean, that table was 45 pounds. My mom's 5'2", maybe a buck 
15. Wow, good and it for was, her. And she threw it from where she said she stood and she threw it and where it hit, it was like a throw-in of about 15 feet. Took out part of the wall. It was it was nuts. But um, And what were you doing in there? Sleeping? I woke up. I, I You heard her, the crash ask, ask her, no, of the table. No, I heard her screaming like a fucking banshee. Right. And I was like, what the fuck? How old were you? I was 17. He came out of his his room with a baseball bat. Yeah. Good for you. Um, That was horrible. How the hell did we get down the path? I know. Oh, because we talked about bombs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like Adam and Bob. So he can make the perfect dog do firecracker bomb. I don't know what that means. Uh, A great water balloon. We all know what that means. Mm -hmm. He, I told you, he booba-trapped his house so that his mom got blasted in the face. He covered toilet seats with gasoline. Vaseline, not gasoline. (laughs) Vaseline. Why why would you toilet seats with Vaseline? Oh, so you slip and slide off. That's wrong. (laughs) He he put bean bags on top of the door. As a kid in either the fourth or fifth grade, he hoarded fireworks until he had enough gunpowder to build a small bomb or two, which he would then blow up in the back of whatever summer place his parents had rented. Mm-hmm. Him and his friend Brian blew up a backyard fence. One of his bandmates said that when he was 12, he had one of those Wiley e. Coyote TNT type of detonators. He created this stuff, by the way. You know, where you push a bar into the box, explosive type of thing. And he and his Brian blew up a wooden fence with it. And Adam said in an interview that he was always tearing stuff apart to see how it worked. His nickname became Techno Wiz later on. But one of his bandmates described him as a tornado of information. So why do boys like to see things catch on fire or blow up? It, it, I'm going to say it's it's one person within the group that really leads the charge, and then everybody's like, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. That's crazy. So, I mean, look, you just... You He's get, very smart. I mean, look... We, Did you ever do anything like that? Never let anything major on fire. Um, fireworks all day. Fireworks. You know what he's talking about with a dog doo-doo firecracker bomb? I, I, the first thing that comes to my mind, again, is, uh, is Billy Madison. And they just light a, a bag of dog shit on fire on the guy's porch. So I'm assuming, assuming he took an M80 and probably put that Ew, in. Ew! Oh my god! And just exploded all over the neighbor's house. <laughs> disgusting. I mean, look. You, I mean, you know what? I grew up in the South, so you can buy the whole box of fireworks mm. on on July 4th, and it'd be like cherry bombs in there, little little fireworks things in there. So his parents always played the Beatles and Paul Simon, Paul Simon records. For all of his intelligence, uh, I want to call him, should I call him Yauk because the other Adam is Ad Rock? Yeah, call him Yauk. Or MCA. What do you think? Mm. Either or. I think Yauk. Yauk. So for all of his intelligence, Yauk was never an enthusiastic student out of all this. At 14, he switched from a small private school called the Quaker Friends School to Edward R. Moreau High School, a huge public school that's in Brooklyn. Do you guys know who Edward R. Moreau is? Nope. He was a, a broadcaster in like the 50s and 60s, it was big time. He was one of the original like broadcasters on the, on the TV. Mm. So Adam said, I felt like I was leading too much of a sheltered life, he said in 1998. Uh, but a, another friend remembers it as uh, he, the, the private school's 
combination of high expectations and loose structure left him struggling academically. That's why he moved. So at high school, he discovered punk rock and he dressed the part. He spiked his hair or shaved it, put on combat boots, and wore a trench coat with the Clash's song title, White Riot. You guys know who the Clash is, yep. right? Mm -hmm. I love the Clash. And a friend's father who worked for CBS Records gave him his first Clash album. My uncle one time caught up, he got mad at my aunt, we were all the same age, and he got mad at her and he lit a firecracker and he threw it at her and she ran and it caught her on the butt. <gasps> Ain't that wrong? Not, not that my dad? Yeah, the, um, God, what are they called? They're, um, Roman candles. Roman candles. Yeah, I have he used Roman to have candles Roman candles. Which is the Roman candle? It's Which the one that shoots at like the little flares. They out. shoot them oh, out. He would oh have Roman God. candle fights with his friends. I'm like, what? <laughs> yep, we have. You one. all have your you eyes. You had Roman still? candle fights. In yeah, your we hands? we had. I, I oh think I had some God. left over from Fourth of July, and we so stupid we were. We were at the top of the mall parking lot. They just built a parking oh structure. Yeah. yeah, it was like 9:30 at night. How'd you get them? Because out here you can't in California you can't get fireworks. Oh, right? everybody had some. Like they had a crazy <laughs> uncle that had them, and then they took right. it. And like so, we just collected them and just did some dumb shit. And we went to the top of a uh, a mall parking lot. Wow! And started shooting at each other. Mm -hmm. And thank God we were all smart to put sunglasses on while we were doing it, or at least sunglasses. I did. Sunglasses. I can't remember if everybody did. <laughs> but anyway, so we're right was it at night? Oh yeah. Absolutely. So I'm sure mall security was looking down like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? And you got glasses on at night, sunglasses on at night, doing fights with Roman candles. Well, you couldn't see. We were like on the fifth floor. So it was above everybody else. But, you know, things are flying over. And it ended with my buddy. And it was the most amazing shot I've ever seen. It was shot by my other friend. And he had a he had a t-shirt on like, like Vegan's got. Right. And the thing went up. And sat on his arm, and it just melted into his arm. Wow! And look, like ew. I, he had a dog. It didn't bite. catch his. It didn't catch his um, shirt on fire. Oh no! He he stopped dropping roll. Like he was he was rolling around. Wow, he's good. Cause, you know, so I, if you had a kid like Adam that was obviously inquisitive, curious as hell, you gotta keep that kid busy. Smart as hell. Mm -hmm. Only child. And you just got to keep him, you got to keep him entertained. You keep him at all times. This reminds me of Amy. The working class Italian-American students at Yauk's high school harassed him and bullied him with shouts of uh, A rock lobster and A punk rock. And Adam switched out again this time to a lenient experimental school in Manhattan. And he idolized the punk group Bad Brains, which was an all-African-American punk group. And I want to say that Bad Brains are considered legendary. And they should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And it's kind of sad that they're not. One of Adam's favorite bands was Bad Brains. Heavily regarded as punk pioneers, Bad Brains is a rock band who started in Washington, D.C. in 1977. Originally formed as a jazz fusion ensemble band under the name of Mind Power, Bad Brains developed an instant cult following by creating fast and furious punk rock music. Their intricate rhythms, guitar riffs, and vocals have made them a well-respected band who also infuse other musical genres like heavy metal, hip-hop, soul, and funk into their musical style. Bad Brains have released nine albums to date. But anyway, sometime in late 1980, around the age of 16, 
Adam met and befriended John Barry, and Barry introduced him to Michael Diamond, a.k.a. Mike D. So he and John Barry would cut school a lot and hang out and drink beer, etc. And Mike D., who was a year or so younger than Adam, was a self-described incredibly awkward punk kid. But they instantly became friends, and after that point, Every weekend, it was they would go to punk shows or go dancing at the Rock Lounge or Danceteria. Uh, Mike D said that Adam taught him how to make buttons for his jacket and how to make fake hand stamps to get into shows for free. Their clique evolved into a bigger clique of like-minded punks, outcasts, that included girls whose clique was called the Bag Ladies. On March 14, 1981, uh, Mike D... MCA, Adam Yauch, and uh, John Barry and the Bag Ladies all attended a Black Flag concert at a venue called the Peppermint Lounge. And this concert is pivotal for a few reasons. One, Henry Rollins, you know, guys know who Henry Rollins is? You've seen his picture. If I show you his picture, you know who totally who he is. He was at that show, and he would join Black Flag uh, a few months later. Two, Adam Horowitz, A.K. Ad Rock, was at the same show and possibly said hi to his future bandmates, don't know for sure, and he would form his own group from that concert to form the Young and the Useless. And lastly, Adam Yout went back to John Barry's house after that concert and says, okay, we're starting a band and you two are in it. So that is how the Beastie Boys formed right there. So earlier, Mike D., John Barry, Kate, and another friend of John's had formed a band called the Young Aborigines, and Adam was their unofficial member and one-man tech crew. Uh, He acquired the nickname Techno Wiz during this time because he fixed anything. The microphones, he was like their little crew guy, and, um, but it faded away after he said we're starting a band, and the Beastie Boys took over, and the Beastie Boys actually had a girl in it. Kate Schellenbach, and she played the drums. John Barry uh, played the guitar. Mike Diamond was the lead vocal, and Adam Yalp was bass. They played only a handful of shows, but they were good, and they played a club called A7 with Brad Bad Brains, which they opened for the Circle Jerks. I think these are punk, punk, punk bands, and they were walking on cloud nine because the Bad Brains were their heroes. And while goofing around, they came up with the name Beastie Boys. And did you know that Beasties is an acronym? No. You want to know what it means? Yeah. Boys Entering Anarchistic States Toward Eternal Excellence. And it made no sense. It still doesn't make any sense at the time or now. Because they, and also there was a girl drummer. But they came up with that. You know, they were just thinking highbrow. I do keep sure coming very back. Very highbrow. Very highbrow, right? Very highbrow. I was keep going back to the internal excellence, as we will see. Adam kind of eventually got around to that part, but the Beastie Boys started practicing a lot. And as I said, Adam played the bass, John Barry played the guitar, Kate was on drums, and Mike was the lead singer. And they practiced in Adam's bedroom at his parents' house in Brooklyn Heights. And Mike D said in the book that they wrote. So if anybody wants to read a good book, it's the Beastie Boys book. Um, that Adam's house was clean and well-designed. Beastie Boys' first gig was on Adam Yauch's 17th birthday, which was August 5th, 1981, and John Barry's Loft. And after they played uh, their first set, 
Yauk's friend, Dave Parsons, suggested that they make a record. And at the time, Dave Parsons owned a record store called The Rat Cage. Those jokers made a demo, and two of the demo songs were played at an NYU radio show. So Mike D pays homage to Dave Parsons in the book when he says that without Dave Parsons, the Beastie Boys probably would have been a punk band for a couple of years, and that's it, and that he did a lot for them. Dave Parsons died years later of cancer. He became like a Charlie Chaplin um, uh, impersonator. Huh. Isn't that kind of weird? Yeah. And they heard about him being an impersonator because he, they were in New Orleans on tour years later during the License to Ill. I know. And they said, like, somebody came back. Their other friend, Dave, came back and said, I saw Dave Parsons. He was on the corner. He was doing Charlie Chaplin. And they were like, what? And so they got him to come back and... Um, then a few years later, he died of cancer, and I think that Adam Yalk, them, they he arranged it where they paid for like treatments and stuff, which oh, was man. nice. Yeah. yeah, Adam graduated high school and spent a couple of years at Bard College, but it's two hours north of Manhattan, and the early hardcore version of the Beastie Boys song "Pollywog Stew" had gained a local following. And in 1983, their friend Adam Howitz, Horowitz a.k.a. Ad Rock, joined the Beastie Boys and took over for John Barry on guitar. John had quit. So while at Bard, here's another bomb story. Mm. Yauk threw a smoke bomb into the radio show run by this college kid, and he thought it would be funny, and that the kid would think it was funny, right? And not the case. The kid went off on a two-minute rant on air, cursing, about his ass, and I just don't know what it is about him and bombs. That's the guy thing. Totally. This is power of. Yeah, good. There you go. So Adam bought his first car at this time, a 1960s black MG, and I read in the in the Beastie Boys uh, book that when he first got the car, he was so proud of himself for having a 1960s MG that he was trying to find somebody to go take a ride with him, and the only person he could find was Adam Horowitz, his mom. And so she went around Manhattan with him and drove around with him. She would pass away years later, a few years later. So she became, she died, I think, right before Adam Horowitz, like, hit it big. But anyway, so that year, 1983, they decided to make fun of their two most favorite things, the song Buffalo Gals. Did you guys listen to Buffalo Gals? We did. That was the weirdest shit I've ever listened to. It was huge. No way. Yes, it was. It like a bunch of just scratching a record what? and just... Buffalo Gals. Why? It was huge <laughs> in the 80s. Trust me on that. Cocaine I remember the video. The drug, I guess. Yeah, there you go. And it was by Michael McLaren. I'm going to tell you about Michael McLaren a bit. Buffalo Gals is a 1982 classic hip-hop song by legendary manager Malcolm McLaren and the hip-hop radio crew, the world's famous Supreme Team. It is on Malcolm's 1983 album entitled Duck Rock. The song contained extensive scratching and call-outs for square dancing. The music video heavily featured the legendary breakdancing group, the Rocksteady Crew. And a cake named Cookie Puss by Carvel, it's like an ice cream shop in New York City. So with these two most favorite things they said, they uh, became obsessed with hip hop. They loved hip hop. I mean, how do you name a, like- A cake called Cookie Puss? It was disgusting. huge. I, Cookie Puss. Like that has, 
Cookie puss or is it cookie puss? Cookie puss. P-U-S-S. The fuck is that? It's a cake that's at Carville Ice Cream in New York City, and it became huge. And so they like the cake. If you can go online and look at it. It looks like a person's, it's weird, oh, but. Oh, dear Lord, I'll look it up. I know, see? Stats committee can look it up. That's great. And so in his bedroom at home, Yauk would rap along to the unforgettable Sugar, Hank, Sugar Hill Gang's rapper Delight. You listen to that, of course. Of course. By the way, do you know what bass beat that comes from? <laughs> what is uh, it sounds familiar to you. No, hold on. I'm trying to imagine the song again. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, that's Cookie Puss cake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cookie yeah, Puss yeah, is an yeah. ice cream cake character created yeah. by Carvel in the 1970s. Yeah. An expansion of its line of freshly made exclusive products. Yes. Along with Hug Me Bear and Fudgy. It Whale. must be good because they <laughs> loved it. People love that thing. It's still around. I gotta find this in real life. We're gonna go get one. <laughs> Did you guys listen to the the song Cookie Puss? Yeah. They basically call up Carvel and start playing a joke, and it's Ad Rock who's doing it, and they start like cursing a girl like, "Who the fuck is this and that and this and that?" Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, but Rapper's Delight mm-hmm. is the baseline is by one of my favorite groups ever, and that's Chic. No, I would have never got that. Yeah. Um, the Bass player for Chic is probably one of the top five basses of all time. Bernard Edwards, one of the greatest bass players of all time. From Good Times by Chic. And he is considered up there like Durand. Everybody looks up to Bernard Edwards. He's long passed on. Um, He died in Japan. But Nile Rodgers, who was in Chic, is, you know what? Nile Rodgers is on the song with Pharrell um, and Daft Punk. Um, get, the, get, get lucky. Yes. Oh my God, Cookie Puss does. That's exist him. Still. There's yes, one in they Westwood. do. <laughs> There's one in Westwood. Yeah. What? <laughs> we gotta go there. I feel like we need to go. Now we gotta go and experience Cookie Puss cake. Wait, this is hilarious. <laughs> oh my God! And Cookie Puss cake is there? Yes. We gotta go there one day. We should even take the microphones and go down there or something. So, uh wow. <laughs> So Adam would, um, so when you heard Rapper's Delight, Adam would uh, start rapping to it. He heard it blasting in a pizza parlor, loved it. And he studied rap pioneer Spoonie G's rhymes. Uh, A quick note about Malcolm McLaren. He was uh, a manager for the Sex Pistols and Adam Ant. And, but he was also, where he's, his claim to fame, how he got started and all that was Vivian Westwood. That was his girlfriend. And they created clothing. And they were designers for a lot of punk bands like the New York Dolls. Huh. I got one question. Just yeah. going back. Yeah. Why did John quit? I think when I looked it up, it was a, a lot of things. I think John started getting into some heavy drugs. And I just don't think, I think he just kind of, he just didn't want to be in a band anymore. And Ad Rock is like, I'm there. Boom. And they just said, let's ask him to get on it. He, it wasn't any one thing. In fact, he just passed away a couple of years ago. John mm. Barry did. A few years after, Adam Yauk did. Wow. Um, they did pay homage to him, um, but he got into drugs and he stopped showing up to gigs and stuff like that. So his natural progression was, I just want to quit. So they decide, I'm wondering, and you know what? I should have looked it up to see if he has any regrets. 
that he quit because, but I don't know if they would have been the same with him. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to listen to the songs that were mentioned in the series, you can go to a curated playlist of the artists and Spotify under Rockabye's playlist. Please subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. One additional note, the information in the episodes are based on my best research. I'm your host, Melissa. Always remember, you're a shining star no matter who you are. Thank you.